The Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the city of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and said to him, We have found him about whom Moses and the law and also the prophets wrote, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. When Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him, he said of him, Here is truly an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. Nathanael asked him, Where did you get to know me? Jesus answered, I saw you under the fig tree before Philip called you. Nathanael replied, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Jesus answered, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under a fig tree? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Please be seated. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? I love that question from Nathaniel. That silly, pathetic town of Nazareth. You know, you know, maybe the uh, human and divine fulcrum of our communication with the cosmos, but nothing else really. I grew up in a town that uh, was also considered the, um, the wretched third of the Tri-Cities in Washington State, and uh, so I, I kind of like this phrase because we were always the city that the other two, they wouldn't, wouldn't even drive through because they are afraid they'd get shot at. And uh, in fact, the name of the town, Pasco, is the name of the uh, sanitation department here in the city for the last, you know, 50 years. I think it's changed now, but uh, so I found it ironic that I'm here in the city where my hometown is a trash company. But there's a point to this question here. The silliness implied in Nathaniel's voice, could anything good come out of Nazareth? We just heard that this person, Jesus, is the very word of God present at creation. And this very same word of God is just this person, Jesus, from Nazareth, that slum of a city. It talks about the angels ascending and descending and waiting, waiting upon Jesus, the Son of Man. And that harkens back to, uh, if you'll remember, Jacob, Jacob's ladder. There's a, that famous spiritual Jacob, who was the son of Isaac, the father of Joseph, talked about, had a dream of angels and ascending and descending between heaven and earth. Well, that was just a dream, but now we have in Jesus an actual person, a place where this happens for us, where the communication between earth and heaven is present for us. And what, does, what is said here? We're said to come and see. Come and see. That's the word of invitation we hear. Come and see what? Come and see Jesus? Jesus died like 2,000 years ago, Right? and rose from the dead, where do we see Jesus today? If we're inviting people to come and see Jesus, 
you know, where should they look? In uh, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he's uh, getting after them because they're abusing their freedom in Christ. They're thinking that it also means, ah, this world doesn't really matter because we're saved, so we can do what we want. And he's telling them, no, your bodily existence is vital. It's vital to who you are as a Christian. And he calls their bodies, in fact, the temple of the Holy Spirit. And uh, this is actually a text that's been abused often by people who have begun to think of themselves as an individual temple of the Holy Spirit, something that the Spirit can just pour into like a bottle and you can put the cap on, and that it's yours to move around with. You know what? I don't like this church. I'm going to take me and my Holy Spirit somewhere else and go to this other church or I'll start my own church. That there's an idea of this ownership over the Holy Spirit here. And the body becomes something separated from what in Paul is emphasized as the body of Christ. We're told we are all members of this one body, the body of Christ, and we each have our role we play in this body. So it skews the passage to really think of it in that way, to to think of yourselves independently. But that's where we can find Christ, right? If we are the body of Christ... Jesus died and risen, lives on in what we are here, the church. So when we invite people to come and see Jesus, what we're doing is inviting people to church. Now there's two problems with this for us. The first is the invitation. When we go out and we see an exciting movie or read a good book, we tell people about it, right? If we go to a good restaurant, we want other people to eat there. But when it comes to church, you know, we don't so readily invite people directly to church. Hey, you should come and see this, you know? This is a, this is a cool thing we got going on here. In fact, we're inclined to just start spouting out words, You know, explaining, oh, let me tell you about the Trinity. Maybe that'll get you to come to church. Or let me tell you about these various doctrines. Let me tell you about some things in Scripture. Or we might say, you know what? Your life is in danger. You need to be saved and come to church and find out. Instead, all that is being asked here is to come. Come and see. Which is what our invitations should be about. If you think about it, Say you see something that is just magnificent. Say I saw a, a monkey in a cowboy outfit riding a dog. All right? Now, I could go to my friends and say, hey, check this out. Or I could say, check this out. I could say, hey, listen to this. I saw a dog. It was a German shepherd. And there was a monkey with a hat on. It had a sheriff's star. He had little mini spurs. And he was riding around. But if you're telling someone that, they're going to want to see that dog and the monkey riding the dog, right? You're not going to want to just, we don't go into explanations of things when we are excited about it. So why do we do that about the church often? Why can't we just invite people to come and see? But the real problem is, the second problem, 
is that once we do invite people, what is it that they see when they come to church? Do they see Jesus? Often not. Let's take a moment to just imagine yourself as a brand new visitor here. All right? You've never, you're looking for a church, you just moved to Palo Alto. The first thing you're going to do is either, well, probably not a phone book, you might look up the internet. You know, get on the internet, look at the website, let's see what this church is about. You might see pictures of kids playing, you might see service times, you might judge whether it's out of date or not. Your opinions start to form before you've even set foot on the grounds here. And then you might come, you park, you got to figure out where to go, you come in, you have your kid, and you're like, uh, is there nursery care, or you know, is this a place that'll be friendly to my, you know, my needs if I need to leave, the, leave during the service? We'll judge whether someone has shaken our hand or said hello to us, whether when we're given our bulletin it's just sitting in a pile or someone has smiled at us. We might sit down and listen. Are other people singing around me? Does the pastor look like he's enjoying himself up there? There's so many little tiny details involved in the hospitality of being a church that a visitor is one, takes one thing to either make it an amazing experience or a very negative experience. And to become the church that people see as Christ, we have to work together to be that body, right? To strengthen those areas where we meet the world around us. We don't know why someone might walk through the doors. Even uh, St. Cyril of Jerusalem in the 4th century writes about how uh, men always come to church just to please the women. <laughs> so it's like the same thing that's been happening for 2,000 years. The, the reasons we come in here sometimes are not always the most pure or honest. But we're all looking for something. The first question Jesus asks in the book of John, this is before we hear the answer, come and see. The second thing he says is, what are you looking for? And I don't think we always know this. And I don't expect to know this always, but that's what brings people in. There's something we're looking for. And Jesus answers, gives the answer to what we're looking for by saying, just come and see. Extends that invitation to all. But of course, we can't just imagine ourselves only in here as a church, as the body of Christ. Our lives, too, have to be an invitation to come and see Jesus. Our individualism gets its meaning from the community that we are a part of. So when we're at work or at school, the way we act should point towards this community, should point towards what it is we, we build ourselves around, which is Jesus. 
We should be shaped and formed by the meal, by the idea that everyone is welcome to this table, independent of what you bring. We should be formed around what we do here in worship, the praise and thanksgiving to God. And those things should carry with us in our day-to-day life. So if we see somebody who is looks lonely, if we see somebody who is the outcast at school, we talked about uh, Zacchaeus this week in confirmation, and uh, the challenge to the confirmants were to think of somebody like Zacchaeus that week that is the outcast that might need a simple hello, you know, nothing more, just the beginning of a conversation. Today is the birthday of Martin Luther King, a figure that accurately portrays what it means to live a life of invitation. The dream language he uses conjures up a, a reality that, that creates a story that invites us in. It's a reality that is, doesn't make sense in our world right now, but makes sense in God's world. It's God's reality. And it's something we're still working at. For people to enter into the story of our church, to enter into who we are as the body of Christ, we just need an invitation. We just need to live lives that call people to God. And the grace in this message is that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, that what you are becomes the most important thing to the church, a member of the very body of Christ. Amen.